0: Welcome back to the latest installment of the Metal Oasis podcast with me, your host, Adam. And with only three weeks away, my brother in arm to see the mighty Metallica in East Rutherford, New Jersey.
1: Orion, how you doing, buddy? I am getting increasingly excited by the day. I can't believe how close we are to that show. It still feels like an incredibly far away thing because we bought tickets. What? Almost eight months ago. Yes. And now it's like, oh, it's it's a couple of weeks out. We actually need to start figuring shit out, planning everything. Uh, probably get that taken care of. But yes, yes. Very excited.
0: Absolutely indeed. So we had something planned for this evening. Um, actually, we got, had something planned for yesterday evening that got squashed. So we moved it to today. Well, that got squashed. So I had a backup plan, and that got squashed. So you know what? I'm just a a fucking genius. And I thought to myself, Adam, we're going to do episode 52, the last episode of the year's worth of episodes, first year of TMO, The Metal Oasis. Episode will drop on August 17th. July 17th. Yep, July 17th. That's what I said. (laughs) (laughs) It'll be the one-year anniversary of this. So why not go off, start out with a bang? The time has come. This is not a classic rewind. This is not just a... A fun episode to so just kick back and relax. We're going to dive into the quintessential, probably all-time most well-known
1: metal album of all time. Doesn't what bold album is claim. that? That is a bold, bold claim. I will say though, especially the lead-off track. It's probably one of the most known songs across all genres. So, yeah, we are diving into the self-titled Metallica or more affectionately known as the Black Album. Yes, yes, you
0: know, week 52, episode 52. It's the fifth album by Metallica, and it would be too sweet to pass up to coincide with this excellent Excellent, just mile marker in our podcasting extravaganza and history. And I think that the Black Album, as it's colloquially known, is absolutely on every single Metalhead's metal journey. Whether you hate it or not, there are several songs on this album that are absolutely quintessential must-listens for any Metalhead at least to dip your toe into the oasis of metal before you dive into, you know, the very obscure, just, you know, blackened thrash
1: melodic grindcore. You know, those easy accessible genres. I think it's also a little bit poetic because the first album we did when we did Crusade, we led off with we want to choose something that's a little polarizing. Some people love it. Some people hate it. We love it, but here's all the reasons why we hate it. Uh, So it makes sense with Metallica. And I'm sure people are like, the Black Album, what about puppets? What about justice? Shut up. Uh, We'll do those at some point. (laughs) But right now. And I have other ideas for those albums, too. Oh, yeah. I don't know. We may end up just every week. So this week, we're doing this album by Metallica. This week, we're seeing Metallica. And tonight, we're seeing Metallica again. Uh, But no, for now, Black album, just it just makes so much sense. It was just one of those. We were going through all of our options. We had our, our lineup of things. Things kind of fell through. And then we were like, Black album. Oh, yeah, let's just do the Black album. As soon as you said that, I was just like, easy. Yeah, normally we have a little bit of deliberation. Or well, what if we save it for this person? Or maybe what if this week? But when you were like, Black album. Just like, yes. yes. Yep. Easy choice.
0: It's one of those albums that make, takes... Very little, I think, for a listener, takes very little prep work, but you know, there is just so much to be discussed about this album. There's, I mean, so many different covers, so many different influences. They had the huge, huge big box release, uh, was it two years ago for the 30th anniversary? Yeah, I kind of wanted to scoop it. I mean, I looked at it, but I was like, I don't want to hear. 30 different renditions of the same goddamn
1: song. (laughs) There's a couple of songs on here that I'll point out that I would be fine with that. And we're going to also have to crack that open at some point. For the person or the people listening who can't see me pointing, I still have my unopened bottle of Metallica Black and Whiskey sitting on the shelf behind me.
0: We need to figure out a way to get that to New Jersey.
1: I don't know how. Because it's... The only thing I can think of is if it was on my in my suitcase and I just feel like it would surely get destroyed on the way up there. Well, that's if you checked it, but we're not checking bags. Oh, I'm probably going to check a bag.
0: Do not check a bag. We will discuss that offline, but we are not checking bags Mm. in the current state of air control. I don't know if any of
1: our tickets have. uh, I don't think we I don't I think we only have a small. We'll we'll talk about this later. But yeah, yeah, need to double check that.
0: Not checking bags. Anyway, moving on. So last I don't have week a connection or anything
1: though.
0: Anyway, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Okay. Doesn't matter. All right, moving on. Right now, we just don't want to fly with checked bags if we don't have to. Um, so you know, another left turn, going from uh, three inches of blood, advance and vanquish, doing just fine, like I thought it would. Uh, everyone's like me. <laughs> Who? Just everyone. just me? Me.
1: All I know is that I I gave one of my best references in an episode during that one. So yeah, it's definitely up
0: there. The shopping cart just still makes me giggle from Dominion (laughs) of Deceit.
1: (laughs) Uh, I think it's a perfect description. Yes.
0: old gonzo metal. So Mm
1: -hmm.
0: yeah. So again, you know, the Black Album by Metallica is definitely on everyone's metal journey, as I've said before. Ryan, where did you? It's it's kind of just a, a crapshoot of
1: where did you first hear and get exposed to this album, oh, buddy? I don't. I honestly, I don't know. I don't remember specifically. I mean, it had to be Chris. I'm mean, just being honest. Um, fucking Chris, of course. But I used to. I mean, well, when we get to the song, I'll bring it up. But um, yeah, there's a couple of songs in this album that I just would not stop listening to. But yeah, I mean, my go-to was Justice and Master Puppets. But this this album always holds a very special place in my heart as well. But I don't know. I don't know. It would, been, it would have been really young. I would have been in, like, third grade or some shit when I heard this for the first time, if not earlier. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's just one of those albums that I've just known forever. What about yeah, I mean, you?
0: I, honestly, I think Inner Sandman probably was the first song I, just because of just how... Right, so we're in our 30s now, so I think getting into Metallica, late 90s, early 2000s, you know, I made the comment about, you know, being in 8th grade, which was in 2003, 2004, and the guy, like, talking about St. Anger and how shitty that was. So I, I was probably around that time frame when I really started to be able to, like, oh, that's Metallica hearing those songs, the few songs they played on the radio back then. Well, it pretty much was classic rock radio, which was probably, I think, "Inner Sandman" and maybe nothing else matters were the two songs they played. Everything else, you know, I don't think anything was played from "Low" to "Reload" at the time. It was, really, it was probably just "Inner Sandman," right? Just because of just the ubiquitous of it all. Just it's probably probably the most well known Metallica song. I would it's say.
1: definitely. It's definitely up there. I mean, I think for most people, it's... Well, things have changed since Stranger Things, so I think Master Puppets has been creeping back up. But yeah, I, mean, but even, I, I, I mean, Spotify, what, has over a billion plays of Enter Sandman just on Spotify.
0: Yeah, it, that's just ins- absurd, whereas Master Puppets has just shy of a casual 700 million. Yeah. 400 million less. Only four hundred
1: million. Only four hundred million. Exactly.
0: So, but I, but I think like that was a song I first heard, and I think you know we would. Um, I, I think that was just the first album I really listened to. I think I purchased as a freshman or sophomore, and I later purchased uh, Ride of the Lightning and Master of Puppets. Um, but it was just one of those things where between Sad but True and insane Man, nothing else matters, and. For the uh the Unforgiven, excuse me, um and then like knowing about Unforgiven two from Reload, I mean the P from Load, right? It was Load, Unforgiven two. Uh,
1: I think that's Reload.
0: It doesn't matter anyway. But I'm saying knowing these songs, the popular radio songs, but I mean for the Black Album, it was definitely the first album that really, I think for anyone is the gateway into metal. It's you know we talk about you know what. Are songs? What are albums that you would show to someone that you know doesn't want to doesn't really know much about metal? What do you get them into? What do you show them to be like? Here's the easy access into the world, because the 1991 self titled versus Kill 'Em All are two entirely different sounds, two different entirely different bands in a sense. Um, So you know, do you want to have someone ease in with the self titled? You know, have them be like what the fuck is this with you know load and reload or kind of be thrown aback by kill em all like it's just it's a different sound so i think this is the easiest way someone can get into metal and maybe we talk about all oh, they want how they sold out after injustice for all but i think it was just seeing so many documentaries and knowing what i know about the band i feel like it seems right you know we're young we weren't alive well we weren't live, but we really weren't, we were infants when this album first debuted. So knowing what the scene was like in metal and what it was like in music, I mean, you've got to, you can't do the same thing over and over again, which I sometimes think that's what is, been a part of Metallica's success because if you look at the big four, of Thrash, yes, Slayer had an excellent career, Anthrax, Megadeth have had excellent careers, but, you know, did Sl- does Slayer sell out arenas? Does Anthrax sell out arenas? Does Megadeth sell out arenas? Yeah, they can probably sell out, you know, big sheds, you know, three, five thousand, six, you know, six thousand venues. But Metallica is selling out 20, 30,000 person stadiums. Yeah. You know, and it's is it the accessibility of this album? I think that has something to do with it for sure. And, yes, Megadeth has just put out a new album. Metallica just put out a new album. I mean, Anthrax hung it up, I mean, Slayer hung it up a couple years ago. Anthrax is still doing things here and there. But of the big four of Thrash, I just think that Metallica is just ubiquitous with metal, heavy metal, say what you want about the album, but you can't deny its impact and the catchiness of the songs and the quality of the songs. Yeah, they're not going to be Master Puppets. But I don't want Master Puppets again, you know, that is the perfect album in itself, but you've got to be able to do something better, but different. Like the catch the lightning in a bottle twice and they caught it, you know, several times. times. Yeah. Yeah. in their (laughs) career, you know, (laughs) and I mean, going back, it's just one of the things where this was a very influential album in my childhood you know, going into middle school and, you know, all right, I'm going to, you know, sh- I still, you know, you know, rep the hair metal and everything, but I was like, no, but Metallica, like that's, that's the path I need to go down eventually and, you know, leave the soft glam life in its past and really get into the heavier, darker stuff. And that's when I start going back into justice, master
1: puppets and, you know, rather lightning and stuff. Yeah. I mean, I listen to, it's weird i had honestly kind of a mix of especially with i mean justice was the album i listened to the most then probably master puppets and then oddly it kind of jumps to load and reload and then black album my black album was kind of supplemental to those other albums for me which is kind of weird but it was always solid it was always a solid listen to and the more i went back to it as years went on, the more I liked it. I've always loved the black album. I think it's fantastic. Um, When we get into kind of breaking down the songs and stuff, I also wanted to call out the insane set list when I saw them at Orion Fest where they played the black album, but I'll talk about that in a minute. But yeah, I mean, it's just, it's a great album. I agree. I think that if you're trying to get somebody to listen to Metallica, a lot of people would say like, just throw them into master puppets or just get them, you know, thrash crazy with Kill 'Em all and ride the lightning. It's, Honestly, I think that Black Album is probably, might be their most digestible album, right? If we go back through, I mean, Death Magnetic has some stuff. Wouldn't send anybody to, like, say, hang album for obvious reasons. Um, or Lulu. And, oh, I don't even count that. Uh, but, like, Load and Reload, I actually, again, and we've said this several times, I really like Load and Reload, but it's not going to be an album that I'm going to send somebody to who doesn't really listen to metal or Metallica very much. I think this is a, frankly a safe bet and that's not a bad. Yeah, thing. because I mean, if you listen, if you show someone road uh, load and reload and then
0: right afterwards show them ride the lightning, you're like, what? Like, who is this band? It's yeah.
1: So continue. Yep. No, 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 you're good. I, I totally agree. So I, th- it'll be fun to do this. <laughs> I think it's also going to be fun when we're ranking this and 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 trying to criticize songs in this album because even songs that aren't my favorite beat the living shit out of most other bands music uh, so it's going to be hard to be super subjective in, in terms of ranking and whatnot there's some songs in here that I'm like yeah, I love it it's it's good it's not as high on the list but if I get into like our Dewey Decimal system what's a, it's okay it gets like a 9.476 out of 10 uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, the standard is extremely elevated when we start to talk about bands like well, I shouldn't say bands, but albums like this and Number of the Beast and shit like that, right? It's just it gets to a point where it's just like it's all really good. It's just flavor of good.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's there are so many songs on this album that just, I mean, every song could be a single. You know, every song could. I mean, I think like looking back um, on when we did the fantasy draft, uh, what was it? I got to pull it back up. Hold on. Um, when we did the Fantasy Draft before, on well, episode 10. You know, I don't even year, know if I got the song ago, I wanted
1: from this album. can't remember. You know,
0: I'm pretty sure every single song from that album was taken along with Master of Puppets. So it just goes to show just how strong this album is. And no, it's a... Literally there was one song that wasn't taken from the album. Can you guess what it was?
1: Uh on the I'm gonna oh I can see it. I it's actually well, you know what's funny? The guess I was gonna make I that I was like, I don't think anybody picked that. I picked it. It's on my sell list. <laughs> struggle within is on yeah. my that doesn't sound right. I don't remember grabbing struggle within. Oh, it's because fucking Billy took God That Failed. That's right. But yeah, I mean,
0: nothing else mattered. Was the, was the lone song that wasn't taken from that album just because it was a ballad, you know? And I don't need that song to be in my, you know, set list. But literally, the first five albums, only four songs are made. Kill 'em all, Ride the Lightning, Master Puppets, Justice for All, and Black Album.
1: You know, all those surprising. five
0: albums, only four songs remained. Everything else was selected. So.
1: Nothing Else Matters yeah. doesn't surprise me in the sense of like all of us were like, yeah, I mean, you, you would no hear that no matter sense. what. Eye of the Beholder would have been kind of a weird choice. Escape, I have a funny story about that in a minute. The only song on here that's actually, is kind of a banger that should have made someone's list is Metal Militia. I forgot that we didn't pick that song. That song's awesome. We did pick every other song on that album, but Metal Militia yeah. would have been a solid choice too. I think I only had Anesthesia on that one. Uh, oh, and Which, uh,
0: Whiplash,
1: So As a call-out, I can't remember if we've talked about. I'm sure we talked about this last year, but if you haven't watched SNM two and watched the, the 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 bassist play it was anesthesia, a- yeah, dude,
0: it was on the bass, oh, the upright bass too, yeah, that yeah. was interesting, yeah, it, it was cool, I mean, but I wouldn't watch it again. Like it was just,
1: oh no, it's a one time yeah. thing. That's why I say if you haven't seen it,
0: yeah, um, I watched it. I was like, that's
1: cool, but I'd rather I saw hear it in it theaters, and I was just like. Bass. bass. yeah. Um well, shall we talk about the little bit of quick background on this album. We've already talked about Metallica a few times. We'll talk about them several more times, but uh Yeah, I, mean, well, I
0: mean, give us a little feedback on this unknown band.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so uh, Metallica, you may not have heard of them, but the self-titled album, commonly known as the Black Album, was Metallica's fifth album released August 12th, 1991. So it'll be almost anniversary time when we go to see them. Um it, As we've talked about several times, this is a bit of a paradigm shift for Metallica. They were kind of trending, not away from, but not being as heavily focused on thrash. And so this is kind of a slower, more melodic, heavier, kind of deep chugga-chugga kind of sound. Um, this is considered the one of their highest widespread critical acclaim albums. It became the band's best-selling album. And just a few crazy things to call out. It was certified 16 times platinum in 2012. Uh, Did you, which
0: oh, is, real, 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 real quick. Did you also know who is also a 16-time world champion?
1: Uh, is it the Macho Man Randy Savage?
0: No, sir. It is Joey the Jaws Chestnut, 16-time mustard belt champion after he oh, downed right. 62 hot dogs.
1: Did you know that the number of hot dogs that he's eaten when, if you were to stack them, I think vertically, is three times higher than the Statue of Liberty? That's awesome. Is it? Yeah, that's a lot of hot
0: dogs. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I ate two in 10 minutes the other day. How did you feel? I felt fine because I didn't eat 62. I ate two.
1: I have a challenge for you now on, anytime you eat hot dogs, you have to eat them as both, one, as many as you can, and two, in competitive eating format. Even if it's a casual family barbecue, I need you to take your hot dog bun, remove it from the hot dog, or rather, remove the hot dog from the bun, dip the bun in water, eat it, and then slam the hot dog into your mouth. And just yeah. maintain like it's a very normal thing to do. <laughs> and okay, Everybody's like, what are you to- doing? What are we talking about? Is this the Joey Chestnut? episode Hey, yeah.
0: welcome back to the Joey Jaws chestnut podcast
1: <laughs> oh god I don't want all to right, 16 about that.
0: time platinum for Metallica what
1: oh yeah 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 uh, and a bunch of other cool shit so yeah this I mean people like it they don't they don't need to hear all they know they know what this album is let's talk album cover the cassette that I had couldn't see shit it's just <laughs> just black uh You know what's funny is that for the longest time, I didn't even know that Metallica's name was on the album cover. I thought it was just the snake. I thought that was it Uh, until later on. And when I got to see a CD case and higher, clearer resolution, I was like, oh, the fucking band's name is on there. And then another thing, if I'm not mistaken, on the insert for the Black Album, there's like, silhouettes of the band members' faces, I think. And yeah. Chris made... It's actually pretty sweet. I, I don't I don't think either of us have it anymore, which is unfortunate. He made a fucking ceramic box. Like, he sculpted a case with their faces on it. And it was very well done. So, Chris, there, you get a shout-out from your art project from, like, I don't know, 1998. Uh, it was pretty sweet.
0: Yeah, same here. I...
1: You also I, sculpted I think... a, a ceramic box? <laughs> <laughs> no.
0: So I, I think the CD I had was so faint, I could even barely see the coiled snake from the gas and yeah. flag on it. it. It really wasn't until I had, uh, I think for Christmas one year, my mom bought me some. It was like one of those DVDs of like behind the music and actually like dove into the making of the Black Album and the... the the bullshit that went in behind the recording, and it like did interviews with all the band members, and everything. And they actually talked about like, the design, and it shows like the the giant like um template that they were using. And it's like, oh, it says Metallica in there. So they went and grabbed my CD. I was like, like held it outside in the sunlight. I was like, oh shit, it is there. How cool is that? But I can't really like, give an honest opinion without joking because I just think it's very much like Spinal Tap, you know, it's like, oh, well, this one's blacker than black.
1: (laughs) But this one goes to 11.
0: Yeah, it's like this one's just, it's a black album cover. And whereas we, like, you know, we talked about Advance of Vanquish, how cool that album cover was, because it was just a unique, a unique piece of, like, artwork with, like, the battle scene and everything like that, and previous albums we talked about. Whereas this one, I can't really give a definitive and appreciate the artwork behind it. Cause it's just so classic and other bands have done this where they've just like, you know, no name, no logo. It's just, this is the album. Whereas yes, it's embossed with Metallica in the upper left-hand corner. It's got the Gatson flag coil snake in the bottom, right? That's also embossed, but it's just anyone that's in metal knows this album. You just say the black album and yes, you think Metallica you think the White Album, the Beatles, like they're just so ubiquitous like that. So, yep. I mean, it's yes, it's cool. I think if you're going back in the catalog, it's a very strange departure going from, you know, Kill 'em all with the bloody hammer to the electric chair and ride the lightning to the graveyard with the crosses and the marionette and master puppets. Well, and also then they the, just
1: the placement of the name, like the band's name is top, middle, front, center with the same yeah. font and everything and all all the, all of those albums.
0: Yeah, and this one it's just it's in the shadows, catty cornered in the left hand in a diagonal. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a definitely it's a big just, you know departure over here and they they talk about that in the documentary, they talk about it all, in like magazines and everything like that. And they wanted to call it Fire or they wanted to call it Don't Tread on Me or one some other song title, but just eventually just settled on just it's called Metallica. It's simple, just let the music do the speaking, which I respect that from the stance of, you know, coming from Injustice For All and how you had their their first music video with one, it really kind of, it was on MTV, so it has that, you know, that reach to reach, you know, non-metal heads or people that say, oh, I love Rat. Well, here's Metallica. You may have heard of them and you get to see them, you know, in, in the music video for one. So this really steps it up. But it's, I mean, it could have been a, a make or break. Granted, the songs are what held the album together. But just looking for the album cover, it's like, it's just black. Like, that's it. But I think going into 19, in the 90s, like, things are just changing. And You can't just... Yeah, I mean, we love over-the-top album covers today. I think I wish people people, did that, more bands, put a lot of effort into the album covers. I mean, like Trivium, with what the Dead Men say, you know, it's like, I hate that album cover. I think it's lame. But... What, the Dead Men say album cover? Yeah, because it's just black, like a hard one. I was like, nah. I think it's cool. I know you do, because you like that album a lot, but it's just... I do. I think it's clean. Whereas this one, it's like, whereas the other albums, you know... Like, the difference like, between
1: like, I of puppets
0: in Lightning are just so just iconic covers yes, yes. you know rain and blood is a iconic cover mm-hmm.
1: and you go through later albums and they kind of it's a returned right so like the the way the Metallica logo is in the top left and the the uh, lettering the format of the lettering that kind of carries through into load and reload also. But then Saint Anchor, it's just fucking its own dumb thing. Uh yeah. but then you look at Death Magnetic and Hardwired and even the M for 72 Seasons, and they're back to the original, back to Justice, like the form the the uh uh font. There you go. The font for for the band name goes back to the how it used to be. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. Well, are we ready to Dive in. Well, before we dive in, let me read you the set list from Orion Fest 2012. So the first night they played Ride the Lightning in its entirety. And then they played the Black Album in its entirety. But this is what they started with. Like this I went back to the set list because I was like, I remember that show being ridiculous, but listen to this. So they opened with Ecstasy of Gold, which they always do. Yep. And then the first song they came out the gates with was Hit the Lights. They opened with Hit the Lights. Wow. Second song, Master of Puppets was the second song they played. And then they played Fuel, For Whom the Bell Tolls, Short Straw. Then they started with Struggle Within and played the Black Album in its entirety, back to front, got off stage, and then for their encore, they played Blackened, One, and Seek and Destroy repeat that hit the lights master of puppets fuel for whom the bell tolls short as straw black album back to front struggle within to enter Sandman get off stage hardcore blackened one seek and destroy unreal and let me see you know what hold on let me see if I can quickly find okay here we go uh so then, the then for the first night they played similar thing, not entirely the same, but hit the lights, master puppets, four horsemen, sad but true, and Helen and back. Then Lie the lightning in reverse order from Call of Cthulhu to Ender Man, and then Battery One Seek and Destroy. Battery. Yeah, just uh, oh, what a what an insane! I'm so excited for for the show we're going to. It's gonna be so good.
0: Dude, I, I'm really happy that so far I've avoided all yes, same m- majority of all spoilers. You know, I think I've seen hit you know clips, but I've honestly forgotten at this point, which I'm glad about. But
1: I've been very intentional with
0: avoiding spoilers and shit. Yeah, it's like I what was it? I am pretty thankful to a lot of people on like all these websites and everything. They're not just saying they played blank at this show. It's more so just oh my god, they played this click to read i'm like thank you for not spoiling it you pompous dick bags so <laughs> yep
1: all right well buddy are we ready so let's
0: dive into just a little ditty that
1: couple people, people have heard
0: maybe a couple only 1.1 billion times the lead off track from the self-titled enter sandman one. Enter Sandman. What do you think? End
1: of picked up by, yeah. I can only hear that. I mean, this is, what can you say? This is just such a well-known song. It's just a complete classic. Blast this shit in any arena. Everybody's going to flip out at any sporting event. Everyone's going to grip their beer just a little bit tighter and just be ready to punch someone in the face. Enter Sandman, it's just, it's such a known standard in music, and I don't just mean in metal. I mean, in music, this is one of those songs that if you were to play Enter Sandman and be like, raise your hand if you've never heard this song before, very rarely will you have someone raise their hand. I mean, it's just so known. I mean, maybe it's not your favorite metallic song, fucking whatever, but yeah, I mean, it's its classic. absolute classic.
0: Uh, I mean, it's it's funny where, you know, I I always think about, like, the Super Bowl, right, with football and why Metallica has never been able to play the the halftime show during the Super Bowl. Because, like, whenever you come back from, like, a commercial break, they're always playing, like, metal songs, like, Inner Sandman, Crazy Train, uh, Back in Black. Um, It's just funny, like, they're playing that in the stadium, but, like, why is that never, like, a... Actual you know, halftime show for the band. Like, that'd be awesome. Like, it'd be a prime stage for the band. Uh, you know, Virginia Tech. Yeah, they, uses this they use the song in their it, stadium. Right? And I was trying to figure out where they set off a seismograph back in 2021, I think. I don't know. No, yeah. I remember hearing about that where they, the fans were so loud and. The jumping up and down in the stadium, it caused the ground to shake because of this one song. And I think that's pretty cool if you think about, um, you know, your typical college person. They aren't metalheads, right? But for, you know, these you know random, you know, sorority girls and just goobers at a football game belting out exit light, enter night.
1: That's awesome,
0: right? Nonetheless, like that's just pretty cool, like just that a metal band has fans at a college so hyped that they're registering to what could be an earthquake. You know I know at the Richmond Coliseum, Metallica cracked the dome because they were so loud back in nineteen ninety one.
1: That's insane.
0: Yeah. Love it. Love it. So, I mean, again, I think with this song, if this was any other band, this would be a certified 10 out of 10. But this does not get the stamp. Does not get the stamp from me. I think it could be just a sign of fatigue. Mm.
1: Mm-hmm. It is a
0: great song. The build up from the beginning. Where you've got the opening riff and then just that th- thick, just underlone, underlying bass tone. That I am very thankful that Bob Rock did for Jason to really bring up the thickness yep. and the bass in the records after following Justice. And just a <laughs> dun- 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 and they're dun- like, dun- all
1: right, dun- fine, dun- we'll dun- let you be heard on the album. Shut up.
0: And it just boom, and then I, on the documentary I, I saw, you know, James talking about the, the thickener. It's just a third guitar, just just doing nothing but just heavy chugs the whole time. So it is like, sonically, this album is great through and through the guitars, the bass, the drums, everything is loud and just oomph in your face, makes your speakers want to blow, right? So lyrically, it's cool. It's fine. It talks about the Sandman, just kind of just to take you in your dreams. But, you know, it's just, you know, is it a perfect metal song? Probably. You know, from the guitars, the solos, the drums, the lyrical content, the vocal delivery. Yeah, the delivery it's got everything especially. you'd want in a song. But I think you and I are just too jaded at this point to really say,
1: Yeah, <laughs> I will say it is, it is an absolute classic. <clears throat> and it's a, it's a phenomenal song. Is it my go-to Metallica song? No. Am I happy every time I hear it? Totally. I will never be mad to hear this. I mean, we've been to shows before... Where a song comes on and we look at each other, not comes on, but they start playing a song. We're like, "Mm, "No, hello, Trivium." But when Enter Sandman comes on, which inevitably it will, my reaction isn't gonna be like (laughs) Sandman. It's gonna be like, "It's gonna be awesome." (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Just
0: like shaking you the whole time, kick you down the stairs, (laughs) and you're like. Like I'm three flights down, he was like, enter night.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yep, 100%. That's exactly what's going to happen. And
0: I'm like, coming down, it's like, take my head. And like, off to never, never land. <laughs> I can't wait. That's
1: exactly what's going to happen. Like, like, come exactly on, Peter.
0: So, All let's right. do it. Next track Sad But True by Kid Rock.
1: Ugh.
0: I, I love this song. Um, yeah, I made the joke about Kid Rock, but I mean, he sampled it in, I think, his album after Devil Without a Cause. I'm kind of mad I know that, but hey, it is what it is. Uh, I mean, Avenged Sevenfold kind of mirrored it, sampled it, whatnot, and This Means War from their Handle to the King album. So just, I mean, and that was, I think, in 2012, 2013, the Kid Rock thing was in... 2002 so it's like the you know talking 10 years difference or 10 and 20 years difference after this album came out and just the lingering impact of this song it just rides true um the the opening intro just immediately gives you that stank face in that silent pause in the song in the very beginning is just the silence is deafening and then it just cracks you in the ear when it comes back through and i think that's pretty cool uh there is probably one of my favorite parts of the song comes on later and it comes after the solo where is it at got it just coming out of the solo and it just says hate I'm your hate I'm your hate when you want love pay pay the price pay for nothing's fair as a you know 14 year old kid and hearing that just bellow out of the speakers I'm just like yes hate (laughs) I'm your hate just that is teenage angst through and fucking through and you we know, get on the solo. I mean, Kirk Hammett's great on the solo. I think it's really cool and kind of he just all these solos are cool, I think, for him. But I really like the sad
1: but true solo a lot, too. So yeah, I mean, you said it earlier, but stank face. You, oh, dude, much you and I just bobbing on our heads, for just stank facing the whole time. Just, that's yep. that's your facial yep. expression the whole album. Maybe not during as much during Unforgiven or nothing else matters, but even still, it just depends. Depends how you're feeling it. But this it's so thick. The words that I would use to describe this song are thick, as in T-H-E-E-E, I C K and Heavy. The whole album. I would describe this song as being slowly rolled over by a monster truck. It's just it's so thick and heavy. <laughs> Uh, I love this song. I love that. Like a Drew. shopping cart with monster truck wheels. Yes, but <laughs> also filled with just so many cinder blocks and, and bowling balls. It's just it's so thick <laughs> and heavy. Uh, Sabatrui is awesome, man. It's it's such a good just chest kicking, thick and heavy song. It's awesome. It's a banger. It's
0: really I'm good. just thinking ahead of time, I don't know if there are really any 10 out of 10s that are just such standout tracks the, the Dewey Decimal system is definitely coming into play for this one. This is what let's I'm
1: put gonna it gonna this suck. way. It'll be hard for me to so- find a song below a nine on this album. <laughs> I will be very honest with you
0: I'm right there, man. I'm right at the 10 maybe an
1: 8.9. Yeah, there might be like an 8.95 in here somewhere. But overall, everything it's just here's how I put it. This whole album for me gets a big wet stamp. And then eat, there's some songs that will get a little extra golden stamp to go with it. We'll get to those yes. songs when the time comes. But the song is already swimming in the ink of goodness and heavy thickness. Uh, it's, it's such a stank face song. I love it. God. Alright, next
0: track. How Orion Wakes Up Every Day. Yeah. Holier Than Thou. Really good to be me. I'll go first. This song, <laughs> <laughs> this song just takes me away and I lose all track of time and sanity and essence. Um, again, like I- I've heard about the documentary where Lars, uh, you know, really pushed, like everyone else was saying, this should be the single, the leadoff singer, Holder Than Thou. And Lars is like, no, 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 man, you don't get it, in his Danish accent. But I think this would have been a killer leadoff single. If you came from Injustice for All, and the first thing you heard was, you know, just the leadoff to Holding Down, it was just this. You know, I think, oh, Metallica fans would be like, oh. Sweet, they're back. Nothing's changed, and it's got that really just thrashy, groovy, just oomph in your fucking face. So, like, my absolute favorite part of the song is right here. Just coming out of the solo, and just that bass drop, boom, 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 boom. Forgot about the, boom, And then each guitar coming back in. Yes, it is like it is. It's just bass and drum, bass drum and guitar, both guitars, boom, 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 Well, obviously,
1: this is this is a ten out of ten for you because there's there was a whole section of bass. It's automatically the best song on the album.
0: Well, Orion, I told you there are no 10 out of 10s. So it is too difficult. This gets a, 9. 9.
1: <laughs> a 9. 9.9. A 9.99 out of 10. And everyone needs to understand because they'll be like, what, what, On this other album, you had several 10 out of 10s. That's a 10 out of 10 for that band. A 10 out of 10 for band XYZ versus the worst song on this album. May not make the cut. <laughs> There's actually, so a couple of funny callouts. One, um, I always like to read, you know, like reviews and things like that and just comments for individual songs and one of my favorite comments is it's one of the quote-unquote worst songs on the album and it still kicks ass was somebody's comment uh so i think that kind of covers captures a lot of what we're saying but i had a quick quote that i wanted to read uh which actually coincides with what you were talking about for the single from bob rock he said the band still teases me about the song because it was the first track that jumped out at me as a potential single I should point out at this stage in cutting the record, there were no lyrics, so initially something about the song spoke to me. It rocked in a very aggressive way that said Metallica to me. As we got deeper into the record, the tide turned and other songs blossomed. and became bigger and turned into things like Enter Sandman, where it's holier than thou. Great song, not a single. I still like its energy and temple. It's got such a lethal bite to it. Every time I see the band, they always say the same thing. Holier than thou, huh? They'll never let me live it down. What can I say? I really like this song, but I definitely understand why there would be pushback on this being the lead off single. It's still a banger. I very much enjoy it. I will say candidly, it's not at the top, tippy top of the echelon for me. The song still fucking rocks. Uh, It's it's thick, it's heavy, and that run out with the the bass and then the guitar's coming back in. Dude, that's so awesome. It's so good. I love it. I love it so much.
0: And the way the song ends... Right, so it comes out of the solo, it comes with the bass room, boom, 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 And then it's holding the Thou where You Are, holding the Thou are, You Are, and then the end is like, you, no, know not, doom. That's it. It's, yeah, just, I love it. Fucking beautiful. And just the, the kind of the bellowing of the vocals of, you know, Holy Than Thou You Are, holding Than Thou You Are, You Know Not. Just, just a really cool idea and concept behind the song it's like no more the crap rolls around your mouth again haven't changed your brain is still gelatin little whispers circle around your head why don't you worry about yourself instead who are you where you've been where you're from gossip is burning on the tip of your tongue you lie so much you believe yourself just judge not lest ye be judged yourself okay old time jimothy just <laughs> calm down this song is definitely on the tippy top of the tippy top for me just it's 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 thrashy it's groovy it's got the bass it's awesome so all right next track the unforgiven part 1
1: So, this is this is a tough one in terms of there's a few things about this. So, one, I could make a pretty strong argument, and I'm probably gonna get a lot of shit for this. This is arguably one of, and some people can make the argument for that this is the best song Metallica has ever written. Which is a pretty heavy thing to say. I don't know. I necessarily fall in that camp, but I will say I I understand why. Right. I think it's one of their heaviest songs, like lyrically and emotionally, and just the atmosphere of it is incredible. I think this song is is frankly. This is kind of why I said this is a little bit difficult. I say with with no hesitation that Unforgiven is a masterpiece. I think this song is a masterclass in what Metallica can deliver. Is it a song that you're going to want to go back and listen to all the time? Not necessarily. I think for me personally, Unforgiven is a song that I have to be in the right headspace to want to continually listen to. But one thing about the song that I just think, you know, it's kind of urban legend, but it's still fucking cool is Kirk Hammett's solo on this song is one of Kirk's best solos he's ever done. And the video... Where they're you know creating the black album and him and Bob Rock are just like butting heads and he's just just Bob Rock is so sick of Kirk's antics and shit and not recording a, a good solo. And then eventually he's like, Fuck you, impress me then. And Kirk's like, Well, fuck you then. And he does this solo is unreal. Uh it's such a cool video. But yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and say it. Unforgiven gets one of the stamps purely because of just how influential the song is. I again have to be in the right space to want to listen to it regularly. But I mean, you can't deny, it. I think this is a phenomenal masterpiece of a song.
0: I, I agree. As much as i like this song, I think 14 year old Adam and 33 year old Adam would, would be on different pages. I liked this song a lot in the beginning because it was more me- more mellow. It wasn't aggressive, you know, like Colder Than Thou or Sad But True. It was like the ballady type song of the album, which I really liked as a kid. I mean, coming from the hair metal stuff. But now you're absolutely right. It's This is not a go-to. You got me the right headspace for it. You know, there are times where I'll just go ahead and do the run. I'll listen to Unforgiven 1, 2, and 3. Just because yeah. I want to. But is it the go-to? No, which is what I think prohibits me from giving it the stamp, so to say. And okay, granted, it is an, an absolutely wonderful and beautiful song. And, you know, to give Lars this credit, it's so, like, you know, I wanted to give a song, you know, where it was a, as opposed to, a you know, soft verse, heavy chorus. We we decided to flip it and make it like a heavy verse, soft chorus, which honestly, I don't know of any other song like like I think of offhand that actually does that and does it well in the slightest. Um, So you have like this really beautiful story that's told within the Unforgiven. You know, it's a very simple riff throughout. And, you know, but that solo I just just gotta hear it. Like it just is so just emotional and really digs deep into into your bones. Mm Uh, Granted, it's not like a a mind bending solo. I'm just
1: gonna say that. Like, people are gonna be like, What about Ingve or, or, you know, Dragon? Like, it's not that fast, it's not that crazy, it's not that technical. It doesn't have to be, right? It's just, it's such a strong solo. And more than anything else, it's just, it works so well and you believe it so much. Like, it just fits perfectly.
0: and, And I think that's what kills a lot of metal songs or a lot of newer metal bands. Yeah is that the song structure, intro, hmm. verse, chorus, verse, chorus, breakdown, guitar solo, verse or outro, right? The guitar solo should fit the song. Yes. And if it doesn't come naturally and it's being forced, then it doesn't fit. Whereas, yes, you hear the urban legend, you hear the story about Kirk and writing the solo. But it it just fucking fits with the song. It's so emotionally impactful. And yes, it's got some, you know, quick picking. It's got some noodling, so to say, on it. But it just fucking fits. And and you're right. Like, it's, you know... Is it one of my favorite solos of all time? No. But it's definitely up there. Like, it it is just a good solo. It fits well. It's pleasing to the ears. And, you know, I, I think what makes a good song is when you start it and you blink and five minutes have gone by. Yeah. You're like, yeah. Oh, I just it, just, it just transports you to to a different realm, a different sphere. And you're just like, where the fuck? And you just got to start it over. Cause you're like, I just lost five minutes of my time, my life because yep. I was listening to the song and it was so awesome. So definitely a good song. I mean, for me, I've got everything right. Headspace does not get the stamp for me, but I appreciate it for what it is. And it's definitely, you know, a great, it's a fucking killer song
1: so yep and that's why i say this is hard and even like ranking is impossible right because unforgiven to me is a masterpiece it's an iconic song i think the solo is iconic if you were to say well then you must want to listen to unforgiven all the time no no even if i'm listening to this album sometimes i'll skip unforgiven but that doesn't make it any less of of an absolute masterpiece so yeah, it's not it's yeah. not
0: a skipper in our eyes it's just Is it what I want to listen to at that time? Yeah. But when I want to listen to it, it's a banger. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So, all right, next track, Wherever I May Roam.
1: One, fight <laughs> yeah exactly every time I hear the beginning of that is I love that it just makes me think of Mortal Kombat at the very beginning of the song I always feel like it like I said this is going to be n- near impossible because we listen to this album and every time I wherever I my roam comes up I'm like, I know the song like it's fucking whatever but it still gives me so much stank face and there's just so many cool moments in the song like that crazy cracking sound that almost sounds like a whip which is jason apparently playing a 12 string bass is where that like smacking one of those That's yes like... dude i this is such a good just hype song like the intro sitar thing or whatever the instrument is is so cool yep. and atmospheric Uh, Just like you kind of imagine like robing the desert and it just all sorts of cool imagery comes to mind. Is it a little formulaic? I guess. But you don't fucking care. The song is awesome. The song is awesome. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. I mean, this is this is a crowd pleaser. Like, I think most people hearing this song would glean something they really like from it. So it's not necessarily breaking any crazy molds. But I mean, it's so fucking it's it's just so good. I can't really critique it. It's a great song. It's a great song.
0: Yeah, the I mean, for me, it's surprise, surprise. There's some cool bass in it. What is Adam <laughs> like? <laughs> Just yeah, that the we talked about it on. It was actually episode nine. I, I misspoke earlier, but it was episode nine. We did the Metallica fancy draft, and Billy, that sack of shit, snagged that as his main set closer. And I was like, you bastard! What it's an so awesome good. set to close your album or close your Song goes your set right before the encore. And I mean, you're right. It's like just that
2: <says>
0: with the sitar and just that crack of the bass. Just it sounds so just ethereal and heavy. And you know, it's, it has this like really stomping, droning, just kind of mesmerizing tone throughout and then I absolutely lutely love just the rover wander no mad Call ball me watch you Will. just like that right there just really it between the bass and that one little bridge and of the lyrics really just sets itself like it's again is it a go-to
2: eh,
0: probably but definitely not a skipper Definitely not skip. And again, the solo, just like, just cool as shit, man. cool as fucking shit. So. All right. Next track. Don't Tread on Me. I'll be quick on this one. So Don't Tread on Me. You know, it's got the Gatson snake on the album cover. You know, comes from the Don't Tread on Me flag, from you know the US Revolution, the Revolutionary War. So it makes sense as to why this could have been the album title, kind of so, but I'm glad they kind of went with just the snake. So you could even call it like the Don't Tread on Me album kind of thing. But you know, it's got a really cool just it's got the intro that kind of just emotes the kind of emotions of you know the Revolutionary War instruments of like going into battle, but really outside of that, I'd like the song a lot. But let's take back. I like the song, but I don't know if I like it a lot actually. Hmm. It's just after listening to it and kind of running through my head, all, it's like it's just one of those things where. It doesn't ever really change. It's Mm. just the same stomp kind of throughout, which is fine. I mean, I'd love to see it live. Don't get me wrong. But I think that if they played this instead of, say, one in a concert, I'd be like, I don't know if I'm happy with that substitution. You know? (laughs) Like, something like like it's, or if they played this instead of sad but true. It's Mm -hmm. like, is that... Oh, it's a deep cut? Sure, great. But is it the right deep cut, you know? So that's what I'm going at with that it. one. It's, it's...
1: Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, I'd have to agree with you. Don't Try It On Me has never been super high on my list. I, I think it's a cool song. I think the intro is really cool. I love the... When James says, Don't Try It On Me, and the guitar's going with it, it's super badass. And his vocal delivery is pretty strong on it. Uh, he describes Don't Try It On Me as just one of those don't fuck with us songs which i think is is a fair fair assessment to make with this song overall it's still it's still really cool right like i don't dislike this song but it's not as highly ranked as the others it's still a badass song i still think it would, it's 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 a very cool song it just doesn't hit on as many cylinders as other songs of this album for me
0: yeah I, I think too it's if you were to I think seen it in its entirety, you know, like just That's like cool. talking about, like like talking about, like life is but a dream with Tom a couple weeks ago, Let the Avenged some It's like some songs are better within the album versus a standalone listen, mm-hmm. you know.
1: Mm-hmm. Like going from fits, where my room,
0: yeah. like going from where my room to to now the next track through the never. It's like it's a perfect just transition, right? Placements everything. So, all right. Uh, from the 2012 cinematic debut through the Never Extract. <laughs>
1: What do you think, buddy? I'll be fairly quick. So for me, uh, it's a little bit similar to Don't Tread on Me in the sense that it's not as particularly high on my list. However, I will also say this song is a bit of a sleeper for me. Through the Never was a song that I would sometimes skip. I always enjoyed it, but I never really, really gave it. It's it's just do. But it is is a cool song. I don't know if it's necessarily as strong as some of the other songs on the album. Kind of similar to Don't Tread on Me. But especially the pre-chorus, the twisting, turning through the never, and then moving into the chorus. That part of the song is really cool. The delivery during the actual chorus is badass. The solo is pretty solid. It's a cool song. It's definitely still very, very good. But it isn't quite at the tippy top like some of the others. So, great song. Enjoy it. Don't often skip it, just doesn't quite hit as heavy as some of the songs we've talked about and some of the songs we're about to talk about.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I meant to mention it last last song. So you had Don't Tread on Me on your fancy draft. And then I had Through the Never at number three on my set list. I love this song. I think it's great. Just the the intro into it all. It's it's kind of similar to Don't Tread on Me in terms of like it doesn't really change much throughout the song. But it's that, you know, twisting, turning through the never. And I think what really probably gives it a little bit more praise than maybe just just do is the movie. I personally loved the movie they did. Mm. I, I thought it was a really cool just experiment and just giant music video they did for a concert. Uh, but through the never, I like the, the lyrical content in it all and... It just has this like this like crunching groove throughout that just I feel like just like it just tears away at you the whole time and just gets deeper into it gets deeper into you as the song goes on. So I I don't know I, I like the song a lot. So yeah, I not mean, my favorite, but definitely up there for sure. Man,
1: it's so funny to look back at the set list because I'm like, why would why did I pick "Don't Tread on Me" from the Black album? And I can see several o- or a few others that I would have picked instead. But then I see some others that I think looks like I picked after that I would have that I would have picked instead of "Don't Tread on Me." So I don't know. Maybe it was a snap decision, but still off topic. But yeah, through the never, it's pretty good for me. Not at super high, but I, I do like it. I do think it is very cool. All right,
0: next track, one of the most bitchin'est ballads ever written of all time. Nothing else matters.
2: And nothing else matters. Trust I see, and I find in you.
1: Um this is gonna be this is also a tough one, but I'll I'll try and be pretty succinct with this. So there's a cool moment recently where uh Metallica was interviewed uh, interviewed on I think they were on the, the Howard Stern show. Uh they were promoting the Metallica Blacklist with like you know covers and things like that. And Elton John came on and they were talking about Nothing Else Matters and Elton John said that he thinks that Nothing Else Matters is one of the best songs ever written. And James Hetfield just like loses it on stage and he's like tearing up and stuff. I got to say I'm going to I'm going to have to go ahead and agree. I think that Nothing Else Matters is one of those songs that regardless of your musical genre preference, whether you're into metal or country or hip hop or black metal, whatever the case may be, this is one of those songs that even if it's, you're not into ballads or you're not into rock, I frankly don't think you can criticize this song. I think that nothing else matters is, is it's, it's an iconic, it's a perfect song. It, in my opinion, it really is. And you know me, I'm not a huge ballad person. Like, I gotta be in the mood for ballads. I'm not typically in that space. Um, and I am a big Metallica fan. But I would just critically say that Nothing Else Matters is, is frankly a flawless song. And there's a reason that this is one of the songs that kind of catapulted them into the realm of superstardom. It was lightning in a bottle when they created the song so i'm gonna go ahead and say it nothing else matters is a 10 out of 10 even on the metallica scale
0: wow that's
1: might be surprising but that's yeah
0: yeah uh if this was the number one album or number one song on the rankings i would probably punch in the
1: dick um won't say it's my number one and that's again it's kind of similar to what i talked about unforgiven right there's a difference between how I subjectively score a song versus how I rank them in terms of preference. Right? Like you can say yes. XYZ movie is better than this other one, but which one do you like watching more? Right. And it's the same thing. You Like I, I say, nothing else matters is, is frankly a perfect song. Is that the song I'm going to go back and listen to every time I pull up this album? No. But do I have anything critical to say about this song? Also? No. I think my only criticism is just, um, the overabundance in which you hear it kind of similar to enter Sandman. I mean, it's everywhere all the time, but yes. I don't think that diminishes the quality of the song itself. It just diminishes. How likely am I going to go back and listen to it regularly? It's, um, yeah, it's
0: got the, fat- it's got the fatigue factor yeah. in it. So- yep. So to yep. say, yep. but yeah. I, I mean, and I echo everything you say, you know, I, you know, when, when we decided to do this album this evening, I just went back and just watched all the music videos and was listening to all the tracks one by one. And, you know, This was another song that really solidified. I was like, man, Metallica's awesome. Have you heard Nothing Else Matters? It's great. (laughs) And it's like, man, I can play Nothing Else Matters on guitar. Can you? I'm like, yeah. It's fucking simple. It's (laughs) low E. Do, 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 (laughs) Low E, G, B, high E, B, G, open E, low E. It's like, it's just... It's so fucking simple. And again, here in the documentary about James just sitting on the phone and just strumming those four strings in that progression. It's like, wow, all open notes. It's just, it's a beautiful song. The lyrical content's beautiful. And then the solo, you know, where it kicks in at the end. It's great. That being said, just like the Unforgiven, I have to be in the mood for this song. Yep. That's fair. And I, don't know if that is ever really the case, right? So not a skipper, so to say, but I don't be in the right mood. I think I have just gotten to the point now where I've just heard this song so many times that
1: I don't know if I ever want to hear it again. Oh, see, I wouldn't go that far. But I would definitely say.
0: You know, if if we see it live, I'll be like so fantastic, so ecstatic. But I just don't know if I just ever want to. I've heard it enough, you know. Like, I get
1: that. It's going to be fun when we get to ranking and people are like, but you said so. Is it 10 out of 10? Why isn't it your favorite? Because the song is amazing, but I don't necessarily go back and listen to it all the time. It's like if you have a favorite piece of art, like you're not going to go back and only look at that thing over and over and over again to recognize how good it is.
0: But also, like, in this album, too, is. One of the biggest, it's a 16-time platinum album. Yeah. Everyone knows this. We've heard it a thousand times. You know, sometimes some songs, you know, with other albums, oh, man, I love this song. It's a 10 out of 10 because I haven't heard it a thousand times. Right? Because I think that also plays into it. So, All right. Next track. Of Wolf and Man. a song I I selected it on the fantasy draft because I fucking love this song it's just stomping groove the whole way and I like it's probably just a nuanced thing but going back through every single song thus far actually outside of the title track, Enter Sandman, um, none of the songs, well, all the songs have the song title in the lyrics. Whereas this one, it doesn't come until the absolute last line, which maybe oh, is yeah. <laughs> kind of cheeky. You know. It's
1: like they were walking you know, out of the booth. for oh, shit, I forgot to say the name of the song.
0: It's like, you know, Shape Shift, Nose to the Wind, Shape Shift, Feeling I've Been, Move Swift, All sense is Clean, Earth's Gift, Back to the Meaning of, Life, and then the very last, like, it's back to the meaning of wolf and man. So it's just, it's just cool. And it's got a really cool solo in it. Um, I, I just, this one's got that, a very creepy monster movie yeah. vibe to it. Obviously, you know, Kirk is a
1: big fan. Yeah. It makes yeah, sense. Like, like,
0: the werewolf and everything. Like, this one is definitely up there for me. It's, this is definitely a sleeper deep track, which is okay. why I selected it for my fantasy draft. And it's just a, it's
1: a cool fucking track. So, a couple of, Things one, because I was looking back at our draft, our set list, and I was like, "This doesn't make like Why wouldn't I have? If I'm remembering correctly, so I know if we're going to get to that next. That Billy just straight up swiped. God, that failed, and I was like, "Damn it!" But I, if I'm not mistaken, because we were snaking, right? weren't we Snaking when we were doing? We didn't. Just no, have a we no, effort. we didn't we,
0: snake. We we did it wrong. We're we did a weird was, snake. Yeah, it was like it was me, Chris, Billy, you, and then me again. We just went like in like numerical order, right? Me, Chris, Billy, you, me, Chris, Billy, you. And you had then mentioned we... it and I was like, I'm gonna snag it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because Wolf of Man, Wolf of Man, I really like. And I think you <laughs> fucking took it. That's exactly what I did. <laughs> okay, that, that makes more sense because I was looking back at it and I was like, why in the hell would I not have gotten God That Failed or Wolf of Man? Because spoiler alert, especially growing up, uh, that We'll see where it ranks. As a kid, this was my absolutely favorite song on this album. I even had a fucking drawing that I drew of a werewolf with the Metallica logo underneath it because I was that kid. Uh, I love this song. This song is awesome. It was not a sleeper for me whatsoever. This song is an absolute banger. I love the solo in it. It's really dirty. It just has like this like just it's at 224. Um and the solo it's certainly not the best solo on the album and if you were to stack rank it against others it's not it doesn't hold up super super well but I love just how dirty and, and messy the solo sounds it's nasty good Again, not the probably not the best solo on the album by any means. Well, it's definitely not the best solo on the album by any means. But like we talked about earlier, it fits. It has this kind of anxious, like this, yeah, like shifting, exactly. Like your skin's falling off, exactly. kind of just you know, like what's happening? Exactly. So one more thing from the song that I want to point out uh, at three thirty three. There's going to be a couple other moments other on the song, but from a couple other songs, has one of my favorite James Hetfield vocal deliveries on this album. So good. I love that part. The way he says, seek the wolf in thyself, and he's just... Screaming! The in nice Thyself, and like the way he's doing it, it sounds like it's like hurting his throat. I don't know, just something about it. So it something like a black, like a black metal kind of screech. Like, yeah, it's, not it's a screech, just, but you just said that, that. Yeah, eerie. It's just I don't know. It's badass, man. Like it's just it's it's fucking cool. So yeah, I I love this song. Get gush over it enough. It's fucking awesome. A Wolf of Man is a banger.
0: Yes, it is up there for me, indeed. yes. yes. All right. Next track, The God That Failed.
1: This is, ah, uh, it's a heavy song, right? Uh, like thematically, this idea of the, I guess, kind of impotence of religion, and then the genesis of the song being about James Hetfield's anguish and battle with his family because his mother was refusing cancer treatments uh, and things like that due to to religious principles. So from a kind of the creation of the song, crazy heavy, right? In terms of just like where this where this comes from. Uh, Lyrically, I would argue this is one of the best lyrical songs on the album. There's so much just insane lyricism and vivid imagery. And one of my favorite Metallica lyrics of all time, actually, is on this song, which is the healing hand held back by the deepened nail is such an incredible lyric and then follow the god that failed. I mean that that idea of in this instance the creation this idea being that if she had accepted you know medical assistance like that might have saved her right but this idea of like oh no like religion says otherwise so yeah I mean that to me is such a powerful lyric and then obviously you know with, with Christ and the, the image of that it's just it just it gives me goosebumps every time I hear this song. So from a lyrical standpoint it's just it's so powerful. It's crazy, and I think that's why. When I was younger, and again, Wolf and Man still absolute banger for me. That's just one of those heavy primal songs. But as I got older, and the more I listened to God That Failed, I always really, really, really liked that song, but I didn't realize how powerful it is. It gives me goosebumps just thinking about it. But like how powerful this song was until, you know, I got older, I listened to it more and more. So I will say. God That Failed is just an absolute fucking banger back to front. The delivery, the chorus, the solo in it is solid. It's just, it's an incredible song. And for me personally, it gets the stamp. 10 out of 10. God That Failed is a fucking amazing song. And I'm still mad at you, Billy, for stealing this during our set list. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, don't. yeah,
0: this, that bastard took it seventh overall for his number two and just that I wasn't expecting opening. it. I thought it
1: was safe I thought it was oh, safe yeah, I, I thought to. it
0: was safe too yeah. I mean I mean how do you think like track two that's where you're your set list with, is with this song as track two get the hell out of here but just that thumping groove with the bass and drums and you're, you're right like this is it's a 10 out of 10. absolutely just Lyrically, thematically, musically, great song. I have never really picked up on that line until you just said it, and it gave me chills to think about it. The healing hand held back by the deepened nail is such a vivid imagery of... I mean, you're right. It's like you have doctors that can help you heal, but you are so steadfast in your faith, which, you know, the you nail know, of Jesus on the cross. Like, that's just... That's just fucking wild, and that is so thought provoking. And I think that's what makes James a great lyricist and songwriter: is just being able to be able to want, like, you know, it's not just like you know, you refuse doctors because of your faith. How can you make that prettier and more melodic? The healing hand held back by the deepened nail. Like, what the fuck, man? That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Let's do that solar real quick. uh let's see, yeah. what I love about this solo is that it just won't go away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like it's just, it's just Kirk Hammett just going wild. And, you know, it, James, Lars and Jason are just like, all right, well, here comes the part where we go back into the verse and you just like, bee-de-doo, bee-de-doo, and they just like, and the solo keeps going. Like, it just, it just has this tension built in, which is so cool where I, as I say right now, I think it really fits the imagery of this tension of like trying to give into, you know, the medicine of the human world, but also being bound by your faith. To like, no, God will take care of me. Religion will take care of me. Praying will take care of me. And it's just like this very just strange feeling that, that emotion it evokes where it's, it's not... It's melodic, but it's, it has a tension built in. It's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, like and Kirk just won't give up playing the solo. Yeah, just, he, he like he refuses to give in, kind of thing, you know. Whereas like the band is like, "We are, we will help you. We will heal you." And the solo is like, "No, no,
1: no." But <laughs> so it's pretty cool. It is. It is. I, I. This is one of those songs that I liked growing up, but I didn't love it until I listened to it more and more, and especially started really thinking about the lyrics and the de- the delivery of the lyrics and everything i mean it's it's an incredible song it really is and i think for a lot of people it doesn't necessarily get as much time of day as it should i mean it's one of the less played actually one of the least played songs on the album i think it's like looks like it's second least played on spotify behind uh the closer which is uh, a mistake yeah, you're right. you need yep, to listen yep. to it you need to listen yeah. to god that failed it's an incredible song
0: yeah and you're right, this definitely was one that because i I leaned more to the next track, but as I got older and was playing it more, I was like, man, the God that failed just that like how did I miss that oh op- that awesome bass intro for so long? but yeah that song is definitely it's a it's a sleeper because of you know it's a number of plays, but it's a banger, but Billy knew right Taking he was right too
1: i i had I had true. it in my back pocket I was like, no he's gonna take God that failed. And then he tacked. All
0: right, hey, Billy, with number seventh overall
1: pick, what do you sick? Like? Uh, The God That Failed.
0: You son of a bitch!
1: Yeah, I was so pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next track. It's like when Neil took fucking KG from me during Trivium. It's like his first pick. I was no. like, you, so you piece of shit. It's beautiful. <sighs> All right,
0: next track. What Orion and I wake up to every day. My Friend of Misery. What did you say about me for this song?
1: Uh so two my quote was two heavy bass intros in a row got Adam straight up creaming his jorts. <laughs> and that is not a lie, because
0: I love this song. Just I had can play this song on bass. Uh, I remember it was one of the fir- one of the first more intricate bass songs I'd learned to play. Just that intro. I thought it was. It's a beautiful piece and I again learned watching how to play it uh, from that documentary about the making of the album but you know it, this was supposed to be the instrumental of the album which I'm sure people know but was scrapped and made into you know a full song with lyrics and everything and it just has a very haunting tone throughout it it's I like it because it's again it's got the bass intro but I feel like it is two songs put into one
2: mm-hmm
0: you know, it's got the, you know, you show there screaming aspect of it, but then the the chorus is like another song that doesn't fit. But it does in a sense. And it's like, obviously, Adam, it's one song. It's called My Friend of Misery. But there's something about it, which is just like with The God That Failed, it just has something that the gears don't click into place the whole time on this song. And I think you know, being titled My Friend of Misery, you know, you insist the way the world should be on your shoulders. There's so much more to life than what you see, My Friend of Misery. And it just it evokes this tonality in this cadence in the song where you're just not on board the whole time. It's just You're always on edge the whole time about it. And that's what I like about the song a lot. Um, and again, just, you know... Mm-hmm. Sick bass intro. You got me. Got me hooked.
1: I knew it. Yeah, so the part that, especially if you go to 140 real quick, um, when we talk about kind of like the dissonant or the the disparate parts of this song, I think God That Failed is flush solid through and through to beginning to end. I've always liked My Friend of Misery, but I've always found that transition to the chorus really jarring, like at 140. Um, You can play a few seconds before that. Kind yeah, of hear what yeah. I mean. It feels like very different songs. Yeah.
2: Misery,
1: it almost feels like a completely different song when it transitions to yeah. the chorus. Yeah, it does feel completely different. Like, it feels it more like this- just like Southern Rocky, like not as doom and gloom as the beginning of the song is. Yeah,
0: like, yeah, like the verse is like, uh, they're doom and gloom. They're kind of haunting and mellow, melancholy, whereas you're right, the chorus is just like,
1: yeah.
0: my friend of misery.
1: Yeah, it's so, I, I've i always liked my friend of misery. I don't love my friend of misery, but I do enjoy the song. There, and again, there are no songs that this album I dislike. It's just, which ones do I like more? So my friend of Ms. it's it's fine, it's it's okay.
0: I mean, but, I selected this song in my draft, and it was already right for my closer of the main set for Master Buffett's. And dude, I fucking just adore my set list. It is a perfect set list.
1: My set list, uh, I I think if I don't, if I'm not mistaken, fucking I think blows. I got fucked again. Oh no, I got some bang or something. I got Dire Eve first off, because as soon as no,
0: you didn't. You had Orion first off. Oh, right now, nah, yeah, like uh, that yeah. tripped that tripped us the fuck out, like.
1: Orion, did you pick a song? Yeah, it's Orion. Yeah, well, here's the thing. I told myself that song will be on my set list. I had two songs that I was like, these will be on my set list, so help me God. And then as soon as things started getting taken away, I was like, I better wrap this shit up quick. So I grabbed Orion and Dire's Eve. <laughs> <laughs> I I'll will have lose. these. Nope. <laughs> nope, you are not taking these two for me.
0: Alright, last track, and
1: Orion's pick from the Fantasy Draft. You know what? Struggle? Looking ahead. back, I was going to say, looking back, I was like, why would I pick Struggle Within? And then I look back at what songs are left. Oh, right, like we talked about earlier. The, there's nothing left from Master Puppets. One song from Justice, one song from Ride the Lightning, one song from Kill Em All, and the only songs left on Black Album were Struggle Within and Nothing Else Matters. And I didn't even scroll to the right after that.
0: Ha <laughs> ha! Last track, The Struggle Within.
2: What you thought was real Kicking at a dead horse Blazes you No way of showing your gratitude
0: About it, you selected it, you drafted it. What do you think?
1: Struggle within is messy, thrashy. It's fun. Uh, I would say it's definitely not one of the strongest songs on the album, but it's a fun song. Like, I'm never mad when I hear struggle within. So does it have the weight of a nothing else matters or God that failed or something like that? No. But is it fun? Yeah, I mean, it's still a great Metallica song. Kirk solo is awesome in it. So overall, it's messy, thrashy goodness. I will say, I guess from kind of a critical lens, don't think it's the strongest pick to close the album out, but it's fun. I mean, it's a fun song. I can't really give any major complaints. This song does feel kind of almost bonus tracky, but not quite. So yeah, I mean, it's still fun. It's still a good song. Yeah.
0: I, I'd have to agree with you. The As an album closer, it feels kind of flat. It's fine. I think maybe if you had swapped or actually just put The Struggle Within after Nothing Else Matters and slid everything down, maybe My Friend of Misery could have been a good album closer. Just like that, the droning bass to kind of just set the tone for the end of, you know, but now we're never playing semantics of it all. But I mean, within the song itself, you know, it's never been one of my favorite songs on the album. Honestly, I always forget about it because it is the album closer, but it just doesn't, there's nothing memorable about it. Whereas Inner Sandman is just a ubiquitous album opener. And it is, you know, one of the Metallica songs of all time. Right. So, I mean, it's fine. Don't get me wrong. There's nothing bad about it. Feels kind of middling, but it's kind of a middling in the album track, which is weird. So, and then there is the the actual bonus track. So what? Which is actually a really fun song.
1: Yeah, um, it's also in that. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: in the there. It's a cover, obviously, Um, but just hearing them to play, I was like, man, that's a pretty fucking cool song. Like, it's. I'm surprised it wasn't actually included in the main album. So, that is the self-titled fifth album by Metallica. And now comes the most excruciating and agonizing part, ranking these songs from what is probably a
1: perfect album. Yeah, I, I think I have my favorite song. After that scrapshoot.
0: Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So I'm kinda just going through it now.
1: It's I need like, a couple of minutes, but it's hard. I've got like several that are tied. Yeah. I just have I, I everything is a nine point something. Yep. You ready? I don't know how final final this list is, but we're going with it.
0: All right, the final list, rankings. All right, I almost you know, Orion, near number twelve. What do you got?
1: Struggle within comes at number twelve.
0: All right, my number twelve is also the struggle within. There,
1: there's no guessing at this point. That's it. That's the end of our agreement, probably for the rest of the album. Let's see how it goes from here.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I have a big feeling that's the way it's gonna be. No, you're yep. number eleven.
1: My friend of misery comes in at number eleven. <laughs> I know. <laughs> what did it what was the gif I sent you before we even started recording? did I send you a gif of James Hatfield like looking flabbergasted? Yes. yes. That's exactly what's going to happen here. Jesus Bear in mind. Christ. Like you said, everything on here is like a nine plus. So yeah, that's they're all was great like, songs. It's a I was like, here's my number one. Fuck, don't know what to do about two through <laughs> twelve. Yes.
0: Alright, uh, my number eleven is going to be Don't Tread on Me.
1: Okay. Number ten. Yeah. Holier Than Thou comes in at number ten for me. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh-oh. <laughs>
0: Oh, boy. Uh, My number 10 is Nothing Else Matters.
1: Okay.
0: All right. Good song, but I just don't fatigue. I don't see myself going to it anymore.
1: Number nine for you. Through the never comes in a number nine. Your face every single song. (laughs) Uh,
0: My number nine is The Unforgiven. Number eight for you.
1: My number eight is Don't Tread on Me.
0: Okay. Believe it or not, my number eight is Enter Sandman. I can believe it. Do you know why? Because that's your number seven?
1: Because that's my number seven is Enter Sandman. My
0: number seven is,
1: believe it or not,
0: Through the Never.
1: Okay. That's actually lower than I would have expected. Um, Yeah. Number six. Sad but True comes in at number six.
0: My number six is wherever I may roam at number six. Number five for you. Unforgiven comes in at number five. My number five is hate. I'm your hate. Sad but true. Number four. Wherever I may roam comes in at number four. My number four is of wolf and man, dun,
1: dun, dun, dun. so good. Your number three, my number three, nothing else matters, comes into number three. <laughs>
0: uh, my number three is my friend
1: of misery, <laughs> <laughs> just a
2: very slight, slight
1: divergence with us there. Uh, your number three and two. 11. My number two. Dun, 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 dun. Wolf of Man comes at number two, my childhood favorite from the album.
0: Okay. Uh, my number two is The God That Failed. Ooh.
1: Ooh. You know where that puts my number one? The God That the Failed. The God That Failed has become my favorite song on this album. Which puts my number one in Holier
0: Than Thou. Ooh. Hmm. <laughs> I have it as Maybe a Maybe I nine. should swap those. I have it at 9.9. 9. I should I should swap those. You have yeah,
1: Holy that with a 9.9 as 9 your number one. But I have the God that failed at 9.9
0: 9 and
1: two. Buddy, you got to go with your gut. God. God that failed, dethroned a Wolf and Man for me in like, I don't know, like 15 years ago, whatever it was. But I always right. listened to Wolf and man. But... Making a change.
0: Oh, All of that number two, the God that failed, number one wow you're right you're right it's got the bass intro you, you can't you're right i'm foolish i'm making it i'm making a
1: switch i can do it it's my podcast i can do what the fuck i want <laughs> <laughs> that uh it's so yeah i mean it's the rightful spot for it i think you're fine either way but uh i would argue in my opinion god that failed is the coolest song on the album i mean it's all preference right and as it's all subjective every album re- review we do is subjective Uh, I will still say that Tornado of Souls is the best song on recipes. Uh, However, uh, (laughs) I mean, "Gods that failed. It's just I didn't appreciate and I think for a lot of people, you don't appreciate how good that song is until you re-listen to it several times. Yes. There's a lot of 10 out of 10s on here for me. Oh, so many, but Um, it just
0: it, it would be so difficult to rank them if they were all 10 out of 10s.
1: Yep. So I think for me it has come to a point of what songs do I want to listen to? And as cliche as it is, like I can listen. I mean, obviously God that failed in Man are my top two. I don't have the fatigue for nothing else matters or unforgiven. I do have to be in the mood for them, but they still stand up for me. And then wherever I may roam is still a banger. So yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, it, it, but I, I agree with those two songs. Like they're great songs, but I just, I don't see myself going to them very often. You know, if I had a couple glasses of wine, it's a late Saturday night, getting into my feelings, doing some sad slow songs on the YouTube. Sure, throw some Nothing Else Matters in there. <laughs> we'll cry a tear or two. But, yeah, it's, just, it's a good song, but it's just not my... It is the ballad on the album, but it's just not my go-to. Um. So, final rankings, Sane Man, I have it at eight. You had it at seven which is actually really surprising that the
1: it's like right in the fi- middle for me at this point yeah
0: it's it, one of the most famous Metallica songs if not the most famous is yeah I've heard better
1: <laughs> well <laughs> I don't know if I would go that far it would I still love understand Sandman, see and seeing it live is fucking dope and I'm yeah. never mad when I hear it but it's like if we're gonna play but, but, the black but, album pick some songs it's gonna be like right in the middle of the pack for me and that's
0: yeah I was, exactly well, where it ended I think up. it's like you, you also got it too it's like
1: You've heard Inner Sandman,
0: but have you heard The yeah. God That Failed? Have you heard My Friend Misery? You know, that kind of stuff. But, all right, so Inner Sandman, 8 and 7. Sad but true, 5 and 6. Older than thou, 2 and 10. Unforgiven, 9 and 5. Wherever I may roam, 6 and 4. Don't Tread on Me, 11 and 8. Through the Never, 7 and 9. Nothing else matters. Ten and three. <laughs> A wolf of man. Four and two. The god that failed. Numero uno. My friend of misery. Three and eleven. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that one. <laughs> the struggle within. Cellar dweller at twelve and twelve. Yep. So I mean, really, outside of my friend of misery and Holder than thou, <laughs> nothing else matters. You know, those are the really big gaps. We're kind of in in line with everything else. But again, this album is just. You probably we probably could go a little deeper and, and really pick apart these songs. And, well, you know, this is a cheesy song. This is a wimpy song. This is a really dumb song. But I think that it's, you know, the Black Album through and through. There's not a terrible song on it. You know, yes, Unforgiven and Nothing Else Matters are more the two slower balladies type songs, but I think they fit well. They're well-written, and they're beautiful songs. I think James Hetfield's vocal delivery, it's got, like, the perfect balance between that grit, but that emotional, you know, broken, you know, tattered soulful sound to it. So, I just... I mean, it's yeah. for growing up for me as a kid, like it was just a go to album and really solidified and just opened the portal to go down the rabbit hole of what was,
1: you know, metal. Yeah, 100%. So, I mean, I think the the self-titled, the Black Album, which we all know it, um, is an iconic album. It really is. I mean, if you play Enter Sandman or Nothing Else Matters, chances are whoever you play it for has heard it. It's unlikely they haven't. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So, yeah, it's an iconic album. Does it still hold up? Yep. Absolutely.
0: If you were over 10 years old, you have heard one of those two songs in some way, shape, or form. Yep, exactly. So If you have watched American sports, you have heard Andrew Sandman.
1: <laughs> exactly. So, bingo banger, my friend. This is uh, And for everybody who's like,
2: where's puppets? Where's justice?
1: It'll happen. They Hold suck. on. <laughs> Hold on to your pants. They'll uh, they'll happen. They'll happen, but this felt appropriate. And also, I will say, and I would like to revisit 72 seasons, and I'm sure we will when we do our uh show recap, I even more so now feel that 72 seasons fits in that black album load pocket. Yeah. For sure. So like good stuff, man. This is uh I'm glad that this this backup, backup, backup plan worked, and I wish we had just thought of this to begin with, because this made so much sense.
0: Indeed.
1: Well, my friend, anything else in summary?
0: Well, that's it, buddy, man. I appreciate that. I thought this was a good way to, you know, as a backup plan, it was a good way to cap off the first year. Of yes. the metal Oasis makes sense it's hard to believe we've been doing it for a year already you know we've had a lot of good episodes a lot of good guests um, a lot of fun times a lot of fun memories just some weird things that have happened just funny one-liners and it, it's just been a lot of fun to really going back through a lot of albums that you and I have you know new albums old albums really old albums really new albums and going down memory lane with you it's been a lot of fun. Some songs, you know, I've got a, you know, I still play to this day, you know, from bands that I never would have listened to before. You know, I still play Amazonia.
1: God, that know, song and, is so good.
0: Like, you know, I, I'm, you know, Gojira is probably a band that I'm slowly getting more and more into, you know, bit by bit. But if it wasn't for the podcast, I'd probably have never listen to them. So I'm happy about that. And I'm happy to be doing this with you, but, uh Yeah, so I'm looking forward to the next year and doing some more fun things with you and getting more guests on and just watching us continue and go down the metal journey. Um, So again, everybody, thank you for listening to us week in and week out. We appreciate all the support and the feedback. Uh, Please continue to follow us on Facebook and on Twitter at The Metal Oasis Podcast. Uh, Please continue to follow and listen to us at... Uh, the Metal Oasis podcast so on Twitter not, not on Twitter, dumbass uh, On Apple Podcasts Spotify, Amazon uh, Stitcher, Google Podcasts All that shit And the best way to contact us Let us know your feedback about this seminal Awesome album The Black Album, the best way to contact us Is oasis at gmail.com Again, that's oasis at gmail.com And with that being said Orion My buddy, my friend I will catch you on the flip side.
1: Later, my dude.